You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. It's the last time we're going to have a chance to talk before the Buffalo Bills face the Las Vegas Raiders in week four and their efforts to improve to 4-0 and and have a perfect start through the first quarter of the season. Like we do every Friday, we have three segments for you. Leftover thoughts will kick things off. We'll talk to banged-up Bills Dr. Kyle Trimble. He'll join us to talk about the Bills' injury situation in segment two, and then we'll close out the podcast. We'll close out the week with my predictions for Sunday. So let's start with these leftover thoughts. The first thing I want to get to is uh, the Bills' next opponent, the Tennessee Titans. The Bills scheduled to play them in week five, and the Titans were scheduled to face the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. However, they've had a bit of a COVID outbreak. Several players, several members of their personnel staff, and uh, that game is going to be canceled. There was some ideas that it could be played on Monday or even Tuesday, and if that was a possibility, you started to think, wow, this is going to be a team that's coming off of uh, short rest to face the Bills in Week 5, but instead, there's going to be no game for the Titans this week. It's rescheduled to later in the season, and now the Bills are facing Tennessee basically coming off of a bye. So that made me think, well, that's an advantage, right? You, you just kind of think they're going to be rested and more time to prepare, so that should be an advantage. So how do teams fare coming off of a bye? Well, this Titans team under Mike Vrabel, this is his third season with the team as their head coach. They're 2-0 and in their two opportunities to play coming off of a bye under head coach Mike Vrabel. As far as the entire NFL goes since 2001, Teams coming off of a bye have a win percentage of 53.2. I'll be honest with you, I thought it would be a much higher winning percentage for teams coming off of a bye, but it's uh, it's not that big. It's not that big of, a, of an advantage in terms of win percentage, and I think that's ultimately what matters. I don't think you can just look at that, though. I mean, it's early in the season. Guys are going to get healthy, more time for these coaches to prepare. It is an advantage, and it puts more stress on the Bills to prepare and have the right plan and execute against a team that will probably be fresh and obviously more in tune with their game plan than a usual week, especially if they were playing Pittsburgh and uh, had to have the normal game preparation and uh, coming out of a game process that the Bills will have this week. So, that's a, it's a funky situation, and it winds up being something that is detrimental to the Buffalo Bills next week in what is probably going to be an important game when it comes to the AFC playoff landscape uh, with Tennessee. They're going to be coming in with a 3-0 and record, a team that went to the AFC championship game last year against the Bills, who will be no worse than 3-1. and So uh, some some implications here as we still have our focus on the Raiders, but as we look ahead – uh, to the Titans next week. Um, got some dynamics here to deal with. The second item I wanted to get to here in leftover thoughts was actually responding to a herd mentality question, and I straight up needed more time to deal with it, but I wanted to make sure 
I got to it because I, th- I think it's uh, something maybe more than one person's wondering about. And here's the question. It was, you were optimistic about your season predictions for Josh Allen and got some heat for it from the Allen haters. But from what we've seen so far, it looks like even your optimism didn't even capture how much he has progressed. Given what you've seen so far, what would your updated season stat predictions for Josh Allen be? So I've now taken the time to readjust my season predictions based on what we've witnessed so far from this Bills football team um, and the play of Josh Allen. So what I want to do first is tell you where I originally predicted Josh Allen to be statistically this year. I want to give you what pace he's on for 2020 based on three games, and then I'll give you where I think he'll ultimately end up. So my original prediction for Josh Allen was 361 completions, 574 yards, a completion percentage of 62.89. So I was projecting him to go from 58.3 to 62.89. I projected him to have 4,115 passing yards, 7.16 yards per attempt, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and a passer rating of 92.06. The foundation of my forecast was comparing 2019 and estimating about four more passing attempts per game, a jump in completion percentage to 62.89, which based on 2019 numbers would put him 20th in the NFL, and him taking his yards per attempt from 6.7 to 7.16. The touchdown percentage, I had a slight uptick of 0.4%, and his interception percentage was exactly the same. So I just took those numbers based on those forecasts and ran it with the updated amount of passing attempts. So what pace is Josh Allen on? Something crazy here. He's on pace for 432 completions, 608 attempts, 71.1 completion percentage, 5,536 yards, 9.11 yards per attempt, 53 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and a passer rating of 124.8. Folks, if Josh Allen ends 2020 with that pace, it will be the greatest season an NFL quarterback has ever had. And so because I'm not willing to predict that, I think there has to be some regression in pace. He'll still play well. I'm not projecting Josh Allen to not play at a high level and carry this football team, but I don't predict him to have the greatest season an NFL quarterback has ever delivered. So Where do I go from here? How do I find that middle ground between what was at the time going into the year a very optimistic uh, forecast for Josh Allen? We have new information, right? Three games of really ridiculous production. And now I'm tasked with figuring out where this ends uh, statistically after week 17. So here's what I've come up with. 400 completions for 590 yards. That's a completion percentage of 67.8. So his pace is 71.1. I projected basically 63. I have him at 67.8. I projected 574 passing attempts. He's on pace for 608. Um, I'm going to predict now 590. That's going to get us 4,808 yards. And I projected, again, 4,115 originally. He's on pace for 5,536. So I'm going to put him just a tick above 4,800 passing yards. 8.15 yards per attempt. Um, Again, I had him at 7.16. He is on pace for 9.11. 
and I'm going to settle on in my updated forecast at 8.15. I'm going to predict 38 touchdown passes, uh, not quite the 53 that he's on pace for, but certainly a bump from the 27 I originally predicted, and that's a big jump in touchdown percentage. Interceptions, I'm going to predict 10 of those. That equals a passer rating of 106.94. Hopefully you thought that was reasonable. I wanted to continue to be aggressive with where I think Josh will end up. Uh, Obviously, they have kind of taken on some of the characteristics that I predicted in terms of being a more pass-heavy team, Uh, certainly even more of a pass-heavy team than I was anticipating. So trying to have some optimism, trying to find some middle ground, uh, but also trying to have some reality here. So that's that's where I have it now at this point through three games. So that was a fun question, and I appreciate the opportunity to answer that question. The last thing for our leftover thoughts segment will be my John Gruden impersonation. I don't think it's an elite John Gruden impersonation. I've heard better, but like I said on our Wednesday podcast, I just have a lot of fun doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that I break out from time to time when I'm with some of my, uh, my friends in the industry. And, um, I guess I'll, uh, I'll debut that for you here right now on this podcast. So without further ado, my John Gruden impersonation, this bills football team's pretty doggone good. Got one heck of a head coach there. Sean McDermott like to call that guy, Sean McDonald, because He likes to have things his way, but I'll tell you what, it's working for him, man. Got a good quarterback there, Josh Allen. This is a big-time player, man. like to call him Josh Cannon. Well, (laughs) guy's got a cannon for a right arm. Got that wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. You better take care of that guy because he'll put you in a hole. Wish I can call Spider 2Y Banana with these guys. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Need to tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. These folks have produced the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors that recently debuted. Those are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're all made in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew with the texture and consistency of a candy bar. Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in something delicious, you got to try out Built Bars. These things are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Also great for anyone that's on the keto diet. Got a deal for you. You can get 10 bucks off your next order if you visit BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. It'll get you 10 bucks off your next order. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble, doctor of physical therapy. He runs Banged Up Bills. You can follow him on Twitter, at Banged Up Bills. He joins us every Friday to give us the rundown on the Bills' injuries. And so let's start with a couple of offensive starters that, Kyle, these guys didn't finish the game last week. Left tackle Deion Dawkins with a shoulder. John Brown, wide receiver with a calf injury. Now, they didn't practice neither one of them on Wednesday, but they were limited on Thursday. 
tell us that we're going to have a left tackle and a wide receiver too. I believe that they're both going to play on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to go off with Brown first and just go down the list here. Uh, Brown, he exited the game uh, and played the entire first half and then didn't show up in the second half. And there wasn't anything on film that definitely said, this is a calf injury. He could have been feeling something and just said, I'm going to pull myself out, especially with how the score was. Obviously, you know, the Rams came back and we probably could have used them more, but the offense was still clicking that entire time. So it was probably best if he was feeling something he didn't play. The fact that he's limited is a good sign. I know that he's still probably dealing with his foot. That isn't the primary focus on the injury report, but the foot is more just a pain thing. If it's a plantar fasciitis, the calf, he didn't go aggravate and try to play through with it. And the fact that he was limited today, I would lean toward him playing on Sunday, especially with what their needs are on offense. So Things could obviously change. They, they can and do, but I'm a little more bullish on Brown than maybe some other guys. Uh, as for Dawkins, he took a real hard tumble trying to avoid, I believe it was Troy Hill from the Rams uh, late in the game, right before the two-minute uh, warning in the fourth quarter. Ilkey just really came down on the shoulder hard, on his right shoulder, as he did a somersault. I didn't really see anything that would have signified that he would have caused any actual structural damage. I saw in the videos afterward that he was all uh, boisterous and palling around, and it didn't seem like he was in obvious pain, but I'm sure he is in some soreness now. So I would think they're probably just trying to avoid any aggravation to the area to make him ready to go for Sunday. But even if there was any long-term issues, I didn't see any unless we see bracing, which from what I could see today wasn't available. Tell you what, I saw that same video and thought to myself, Dion doesn't look like he's hurt. So uh, yep. I'm, opt- I'm optimistic as well. Uh, got a couple of young players here I want to touch on. Zach Moss running back. He had the toe injury, didn't play last week, um, and w- has been limited in-, in practice so far this week with the toe. But then also Ed Oliver, um, you know, he left the game, but he came back, and then he didn't practice on um, – he was limited on Wednesday, and then he didn't practice on Thursday here with the knee injury. So definitely want to hear your thoughts on these two uh, key young players for the team. Well, Moss, I still think, is dealing with a turf toe, and that's usually the only thing that I see get designated with uh, as a toe on injury reports. So he had all off all last week, and the fact that he's still practicing limited says that it sounds like he's on the mend, and he has a week off that allows that joint to begin healing up. Is he going to be 100% to go on Sunday? You'd have to ask him, but he's going to be a lot closer to playing than he was last week there. With the uh, stiff sole in the shoe and some taping and just that overall rest, he'll probably be good to go on Sunday. Uh, and then he's also splitting carries with Singletary as well. So he's not asked to take the ball 30, 40 times and run it down you know, the Raiders' throat. So even if he is having some pain or limited, they can still just uh, slowly work him back into the offense instead of making him the bell cow back. So I don't see why he wouldn't play. Obviously, things can change, but I just I see a scenario where he plays, especially with having only one week off. As for Oliver, uh, that's the question I'm getting on Twitter right now. Uh, everybody's worried about him. He was limited yesterday, and he did not participate today. I look at it as more as a maintenance day. It's the second year in the league. He did have the knee injury. It was more of a contusion when he hurt it against the Dolphins during that leg whip. The fact that everybody was do not participate yesterday and then he gets off today makes me think it was more just that maintenance day than anything else. At worst, he had that knee hyperextension, but his 
foot wasn't planted into the ground, which could cause some real damage with that, uh, not necessarily bone on bone, but just with gravity pushing down against the knee there. So it's probably just more pain and then could be some swelling, but he's had the knee brace on, which does help limit some of the excess motion in the knee. So I don't see a scenario where he doesn't play unless the team isn't telling us something. But even Ian Rappaport had said that uh, it's a day-to-day thing. It's more just a bruise. So I don't have any reason to think otherwise. Got a rookie left guard for Ed Oliver to take advantage of in a run defense that gave up 250 yards last week uh, that I'm sure Zach Moss would like to get his opportunity against. Kyle, let's close things out here by ripping through some of these names that are on the report. Uh, just kind of get a quick update on. We'll start with Quentin Jefferson, uh, defensive tackle, has a foot injury, did not participate Wednesday, but practice in full on Thursday. He's an older guy. Uh, he's come off the Jones fracture from last year in the playoffs. They can still have some foot soreness. He did deal with that in the preseason. This might be tied to that. I'm not certain, but I don't think he was limited in any way in the game on Sunday. And the fact that he, he was full today makes me think he's going to be good to go. And just something to keep monitoring, especially with the Jones fractures, uh, recurrence uh, with fractures or having problems afterward. Starting safety, Micah Hyde, ankle injury. He left the game briefly, came back, did not participate on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Kyle, he said he felt like he was 22 years old, which is honestly most impressive because I know he has a newborn baby. I don't know how he's feeling like that because I have one too, and I don't feel 22 right now. But he had a low ankle sprain. He, he re-aggravated in the game um, on Sunday, and this is originally from the, the injury uh, against uh, the Jets in week one. So he's going to get it taped up and hopefully he can just continue to not re-aggravate as it goes on. This is an injury that is played through, and even when he does re-injure it, he gets tipped back up quickly. We don't see his play drop off, so I'm not worried about him for Sunday. Jermaine Edmonds, linebacker, full participant in practice, no uh, non-contact jersey, Thinks, uh, think, looks like he's good to go now. That is very promising that he's out there. I question whether he's hitting with his right shoulder, uh, if anybody goes back to look at the game on Sunday, he did not look healthy. I mean, I know he was out there. I'm sure he wanted to play, but you would tell he was not 100%. He even took a really bad shot to the shoulder by uh, Daryl Henderson and the final Rams touchdown. That That's why he wasn't in the final uh, series when the Rams were trying to march down the field. So the fact is practicing full is a great sign. He's probably still not 100%, but if he can just have that week off to – or that limited week and get back to doing everything that he was doing, then hopefully with a injection on Sunday, he can at least be more effective than he was this past Sunday. Well, let's hope the Bills team doctor does injections better than the one that ruined Tyrod Taylor's season. <laughs> we um, can only hope. Jeez, man. Routine stuff that uh, you just can't believe something like that happens. Uh, Dawson Knox, concussion, full participant Wednesday and Thursday. I think the only thing we're waiting for, and we might not even get this, is the clearance from the uh, neuro uh, consult that's independent. I know that the team is not on a timeline to say we have to get it done as soon as he practices in full. So he, while you're in the concussion protocol, you do not have to talk to media. So I've seen the Bills do that before where if guy's in the concussion protocol, that kind of absolves them from talking to the media and then they clear him at the very last second, which I believe is by Saturday at 4 p.m. So I haven't heard from Dawson Knox at all. I know he's active on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot there, but uh, I'm sure probably just waiting to get him officially cleared, but two full practices says he's going to play Sunday. 
Let's finish it out with uh, linebacker Del Sean Phillips. Quad injury. He actually practiced it. He actually practiced limited on Thursday. And then actually I'll toss another one out there. Josh Norman, he's eligible to come back uh, this week from his hamstring injury. So Phillips, he's been a mystery. And I finally found it this morning uh, with what was going on with Phillips. He did suffer a quad strain. This was on kickoff after the Bills went up 21 to nothing against the Jets in week one. He was running down the field. And it looked like he tweaked his left quad, and he was trying to slow down. Just couldn't. It was kind of hopping at times. So quad strains are similar to the hamstrings in terms of recovery. So we see grade ones be anywhere from one to three, grades two, four to six, and then grade three is usually pretty severe. So he's either probably more of a severe grade one, minimal grade two, the fact that he hasn't practiced at all the past two weeks. Um, I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday, but – he's obviously great depth and a great special teamer from what we saw limited on the week one. If he can't go, I could see them taking Josh Norman, activating him because he was looking great on film today and putting Phillips on IR just to keep him around. And then you're not having to expose guys like Cam Lewis to waivers or, you know, doing other moves that you don't want to do. So that would be the easiest switch out. But, um, Norman was looking great, and the only reason he wouldn't play on Sunday is if he didn't feel he was very condition-wise, but he was looking really good and keep up with guys. I could see them even working him in, kind of like what they do with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, sharing the role, and he could work in with Levi Wallace because we see him getting beat up uh, just because he's opposite of Trinidad's White. He's Kyle Trimble, doctor of physical therapy. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at BangedUpBills. Kyle, appreciate you uh, sharing your expertise with us. As always, thank you, Joe. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, folks, it's prediction time here on the podcast. I have five of them for you this week. I didn't do so hot last week, but I did get the result of the game correct, which I have done now three weeks in a row, looking to go 4-0 and on my do the Bills win or lose prediction. I also want to get the rest of them right, but that's the most important one. So let's, let's see what we have here. First... I have 300 passing yards for Josh Allen. Four consecutive 300-yard passing games to start the year for Josh Allen after not having any in his career prior to week one of this season. When I look at this Raiders defense and this secondary, I see a lot of opportunity for Josh Allen to get the football to his weapons in the passing game. They're banged up at corner. Their rookie starter, Damon Arnett, won't be available for this game. Trayvon Mullen, their top corner, is still kind of finding his way in the league. They have two oversized safeties that I don't think are very sound in coverage. 
think there's going to be opportunities. Their linebackers have struggled this year in coverage so far. And um, I think Josh will will find some chances here to to create some big explosive plays in the passing game. And so I see 300 yards again for Josh Allen on Sunday. My next prediction is 125 all-purpose yards for Devin Singletary. I think Zach Moss will be back and have a bit of a role, but not a major one. They probably want to make sure he's healthy with that toe injury. There's going to be games coming up where I think the Bills will need to rely more on their run game. Um, but, uh, you know, this is a game where I think they can really feature Devin Singletary uh, maybe even more than they did last week against the Rams. Uh, this team gave up 250 rushing yards to the Patriots last week. They've really struggled to stop the run this season. I know that some of their new acquisitions have been kind of called out. I know Malik Collins, their their defensive tackle they added, uh, had a meeting with John Gruden this week, and, and Collins basically said he's trying to do too much. So they've got a lot to figure out here when it comes to their run defense. And I think that, you know, it's not it's not going to come together this week. I think the Bills will, will move the football uh, running it, and I think Devin Singletary will catch some passes. You know, Corey Littleton has yet to be very solid this year in coverage, and I think there'll be some chances for the Bills to get Devin Singletary involved uh, in the passing game as well. So give me 125 all-purpose yards for Devin Singletary. Number three, I'm predicting 24 points or less for the Raiders on Sunday. So far this year, they're almost averaging 30 points a game, 29.3 per game. So I think they'll come in at 24 um, I think that their their guys they're missing on offense are they're, that's going to hurt. You know they're not going to have Richie Incognito at left guard. They might not have Trent Brown at right tackle. They're definitely not going to have Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. They're starting two receivers. Uh, Josh Jacobs is playing through a hip injury right now, and I think you have a defense with the Bills that's a prideful group and they don't want to listen to questions it concerns about their prized defense not being able to perform and stop football teams so I think you have a hungry Bills defense that's anxious to kind of prove themselves against a a Raiders offense that's just missing a lot of pieces and you know Derek Carr is not the type of quarterback that's just going to go out there and just pick your secondary apart he'll take what what he's given he'll find his checkdowns but is he going to really rip it and and expose concerns with the Bills defense and really take advantage of things and, and push the ball down the field. I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think that the Raiders will come in well below their scoring average so far this season. Um, my fourth prediction kind of goes along with the Devin Singletary um, prediction, but I am going to say that the Bills have a season high in rushing yards. Uh, so far this year, they had 98 rushing yards in week one, uh, week two against Miami, 112 and then last week against the Rams, 101 rushing yards. So I think that they will have above 112. So give me a season high in output for the Bills rushing attack. I kind of, kind of already explained my thought process there as to why um, you know, the Bills will have a productive day running the football. But I also kind of think that this is one of those games where the Bills could play with a lead uh, in this game and, and really just by – by way of how the game is going, you could see them really kind of run some clock late in the game uh, and uh, rack up some rushing yards in that way. 
So that leads us to number five. Do I think the Bills win or not? I'm pretty sure based on these predictions that you know where I'm going here. I'm predicting a great rushing performance because the Bills will be up late in the game. I think Josh Allen's going to be able to exploit this secondary. I think that the Raiders are going to come in well below their scoring average. You know what I'm doing here. The Bills are going to win. That's my prediction. I think they handle their business against the Raiders. Things tighten up schedule-wise here for the Bills after this game. I think you know the Bills have had – a couple of more challenging games here with uh, a Raiders team that's two and one, with a uh, Rams team that was two and zero, oh, and you know obviously they had the two division wins over uh, Miami and the Jets to start the year. But after this week, it's Tennessee, which is a big conference game. Kansas City, a big conference game. You have the Jets, and then it's the Patriots, which is a huge AFC East game. Then you have some tougher opponents, Seattle and Arizona. I mean, things get tight here, and the Bills have to look at this game as one that they need to win because, you know, it's it, it it tightens up. I mean, in addition to the games I said, they still have San Francisco, Pittsburgh, New England again. So you need to take care of your business in the games where you're supposed to win. The Bills are favorites on the road, and they need to handle their business, and I predict that they do uh, as they gear up for a really challenging stretch of games that are to come after this one. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. The hay is in the barn when it comes to our preparation on this podcast for this game. I hope you feel ready. hope you're excited. I certainly am. If you're enjoying what's happening on this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you left me a five-star rating, a few sentences in the review box, tell a friend, share it on social media, and, of course, make sure that you are subscribed. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy football. And I look forward to catching up with you on Victory Monday.